Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast, your association's no-fluff playbook to navigating and thriving in Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Each week, we bring expert insights to help you and your association stay ahead of the curve. Thanks for tuning in to the Association 4.0 podcast. My name is Kevin Ordonez, and I'm the president and managing director of digital strategy for .org Source and co-founder of .org Community, where association leaders come to connect, get inspired, and innovate. Today, we are talking to Vinu Deshetti, CEO and founder of EVA, the Event Tech Hub. Welcome, Vinu. Thank you so much, Kevin, for having me today. Looking forward to this. Um, data and events, I'm going to totally geek out. It's my favorite topic. Um, I, uh, again, my name is Vinu Deshetti. I am the CEO and founder of EVA uh, Tech Hub, Event Tech Hub, and we are an event platform that really tries to make the job of a meeting planner a lot easier. We just make publishing an event easier, but the secret to our sauce is basically what's happening behind the scenes, and that's about event data. So I'm hoping to be able to give you some good insight today into things that I've learned over my 30 years as a meeting planner in the association space uh, and be able to um, give you some good tips for you to be able to use all this good stuff that you've got back in your servers and in the cloud and what to do with that. Great. Well, thanks for being with us. You know, at Dunor Community, we've been doing events now for, for nine years, and it could be in-person um, webinars like this, on-demand learning. And why is there so much event data in the space now? Because that's what we're dealing with, too. We're seeing there's so much out there. And, you know, how do we leverage that, maximize that to either uh, grow our engagement or even potential uh, explore new revenue opportunities? You know, it's really interesting, Kevin. It, it does seem like there's more data. And if you have added virtual to your repertoire of, of type of events, then you do have a new segment of data that you're getting and it's easily collected. But quite honestly, that data has always been there. There's always been, for any event, you've got registration, you've got your AMS or your CRM, you've got your mobile app, you've got your speaker um your speaker management system, your exhibitor management system, you've got your poster management system. Those are all data points. We just have not thought of it as data. We have thought of it as these platforms are providing us with utilitarian tools, right? We need to print out name badges. We need a way to like figure out who's gonna speak at our conference and um, what exhibitors we should be able to invoice them and get the money back from them, right? Uh, those kind of things. But so we've thought of it as these platforms, these tools have just been tools, literally tools. And But what's been happening in the background is that they're all storing amazing data. So it's it may not seem, so it may seem like a lot because now you're more in tune to it and you're trying to think, oh, what are the relationships here? And you're absolutely right. There are relationships between these uh, the data points in all of the platforms that you're use, using. Great. Um, you know, is there a reason why this data seems so siloed and isolated from from the other data that we're we're tracking? And and what's your recommendation for for moving forward? Should we, should we keep it in its own bucket and silo, or or should we open that up and make it shareable for with everything else? Well, that's a loaded question. So, um, you know, I think as 
As meeting planners, we love having our data and we love having control over it because we're using it for a purpose, right? We're trying to figure out, um, we're, we're doing our name badges, we're doing capacity, we're looking at our room block. And so we, we want control over that data. So it's very departmentalized. But so are other databases within an organization. This is not uh, anything new. And I know, Kevin, you deal with a lot of clients in this as well, of looking where data lies within an organization um, and who has access to that data. Um, so it does, it is siloed, but does it need to be? Not necessarily. Um, as technology advances, this technology has already been out there, but now it's becoming more available to the layman, right? The, the meeting planner or the person that's not in IT necessarily. But through integrations, through uploads of spreadsheets um, of data, you can have these systems start talking to each other and making those relationships. Um, and I definitely recommend that. And let me give you an example. I've had clients who have created registration um, forms and their registration forms have a hundred questions. And it's like, wow. I get that all that information is valuable and you need it to run the event, but how much of that information, two questions, how much of that information do you already have and you just need to validate the information? Can you get that from your AMS system? Maybe. Um, second question is, do you really, what are you going to do with that data? Are you really using it? Um, and that kind of ties also into like doing surveys and that's a whole nother webinar, but, um, but making sure that that user experience is also, so it's kind of twofold, right? It's what happens in front, what the user, the registrant, the attendee member is experiencing, making it easy for them because they live in a world where Amazon and Google exist and everything is easy. It's fast. They just click a button, fields are auto-populated and they want that same experience from their association. They want it to be easy. Now we have that data, right? As an association, it's all living back here and you got to figure out a way to make it talk. Now you can do integrations. Um, and like I said, you can do a simple upload, upload of information. It's there. It pre-populates field. I call that very like flat data. It's like a piece of paper and your data is there. It gets uploaded. Um, but once you start doing integrations and you do it well, you're now making those relationships and getting more insights. It becomes more three-dimensional. And I like to use this little, my little, I call Munchy Munchy Monster. Oh, you can't see it because it's green, but it's a basically a three-dimensional, something that's very tangible that you can see and you can do something with that data. So definitely think it's worth looking at, but doing it very carefully. Great. Yeah, because what I'm hearing is be intentional of what you're collecting and answer that every question of, why are we collecting that data? What are we going to do with it down the road, right? Yeah. And I think that's funny, Kevin, you and I talked about this a little bit of whenever we talk to a client, we're always asking the question, why? Why do you need this data? What are you going to accomplish with it? And those are exactly the um, questions you should be asking when you go down this data search. It's not what data do I need to collect? It's what are my goals? even with the, you know, what are my goals for that data, but tying those goals back to the mission of the organization as well. Great. So out, out of everything that we are collecting, are there like those must have data points we should be? And, you know, when we work with our clients on the consulting side, you know, I use this um, uh, acronym, you know, that what's the MVP is either your minimal viable product or you know, your, your maximal lovable product, like what, what, what does that look like? Because I think innate, 
as, as humans, we want to just like say, we want it all. We want it all now. But if we're really going to focus on the must-haves, do you have any recommendations for us? For what are those must-have data points that we should always be collecting? I do. And you're right. I mean, I am guilty as anyone of being a data hoarder. You know, let's collect it all so we can figure out what it says. And there's a couple of things wrong with that, right? Because it's just so much, like it gets overwhelming. And it's like, what do I do with this? How do I, how do I make it work? So it tells me a story or it tells me something that will help me plan better and bigger for the future, right? Um, and a lot of the things that I'm going to give you five key points that I think are really, um, really important. Um, but these are data points that you're already collecting. So, but it's not what you collect, but it's how you're looking at it. Um, let's see here. So let's talk, start with the first one I, I like to talk about is in registrations. Yeah, you're collecting registrations. And usually when you look at your registration dashboard, it says you have X number of people registered and you can see um, when they've registered, you can see um, where they're from, their type, member type, all of that. But what I really suggest is, like you've been doing in the past, most organizations do this. They look at registration by event type and when they're registering. Because the biggest question these days is, when are people going to register? How soon should I open registration up? When, you know, when, when, when do I offer discount codes? And I think a lot of this in, in, is history. Now, I always get to ask the question, but, you know, I have my in-person, I have my virtual, but I haven't done, and I have had my hybrid but I ha don't have enough historical data to see trends in those in those different event types, and that's true. But what I what my recommendation is, hang on to it though, because the more you do, you will get those trends, and the more you track it now, you'll set yourself up for success for when you do see see the trends and you do have multiples. So definitely, one of the things to do and. Mostly when we talk about like early bird rates and discount rates, a lot of that has been driven by our room block, right? <laughs> We've got a room <laughs> block coming up. I got to fill my hotel because I don't want that attrition. So what do I do? I'm going to do my early bird registration ahead of that to get people into that block. So I'll be safe. But those days are gone. People are tending to wait later for whatever reason, whether it's economic, for safety concerns, or just timing. They just... Things are shifting. And the only way you're going to be able to track that shift is if you take a look at them. So in your spreadsheet, you're going to have registration. You're going to have like a summary of when they register, track it by week, weeks before the event, but also track what type of events, because eventually you will have enough data to help guide you uh, to make those decisions about what you want to do for um, discounts and early bird registration. Um, Let's see here. I'm, I, I see a question in the uh, Q&A yeah, about. <laughs> it's a good question because this is the, uh, it's a timeless question, right? Because it's, it's the, the question is, you know, what do you say to those folks where the answer has always been, well, we've always collected that piece of data. Um, you know, well, a long time ago, we used to collect fax numbers, right? But <laughs> we shouldn't probably no longer collect that. But th that's, that's always a, discussion point is we've always collected that. So how do you, what do you recommend to respond to someone when they're having this conversation and they want to be intentional about what they collect, but someone always comes up with the, what we've always done it this way, or we've always collected that piece of information. 
The great question. Um, and, you know, I moderated a session a few years ago where um, there was a person in, organiza- in an association who became the data person because they got it. And so they adopted this whole AMS and all of their technology that dealt with data. And, um, and he would always get questions. Oh, can you just run me this report? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I loved his response. He, he would tell people, no. Said, tell me what you're going to do with it. Once you've justified it, then I'll be able to run that report for you and run it in a way where it's helpful. So my response is also the same thing. It's, yes, you've done it always, but what are you doing with that data? How is it helping you? And, you know, there may be functional things that make sense to collect dietary restrictions. You need to know. We get that. But does that really belong in your AMS? Does that really belong in um, in your event platform? Those are the type of questions that you should be asking. It's, it's not that we've always done it. Well, yeah, you've always done it. But let's take a look at how is it helping you and where does it best fit and how will it help the organization in the future? That's a great question. Because I yeah, think we yeah, do thank that you. in all departments, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it comes up all the time, right? Oh, good. Thanks. Thanks for the question. Thanks for the recommendation. Um, the second event type, uh, event data point that I like to do is trending content. Um, now, with virtual, it's been very easy, right? You've got your dwell time reports. Dwell time is basically the amount of time a participant or an attendee is sitting through an online session. And that's very helpful. And But I get asked the question, well, what about our in-person people? Well, guess what? You most likely have been collecting this data for a different purpose in the past. Um, some people, very old school, would have people check in a room and count how many butts are in seats. Um, guess what? That's data. And that's helpful to know what your capacity was in for that room, not only for planning the size of the room that you're going to need, um, but also knowing what is the interest level for that specific topic or that category. I've sat in numerous planning sessions for conferences. And um, when it comes time to like planning tracks, I often hear board members saying we should do X, Y, and Z. And it's based on give them full credit for being experts in the industry, knowing what's going on. But there is no validation in terms of um, any numbers, right? So take that, take their word, take, you know, take their system, but also take a look at, you know, take those capacity numbers that you've been collecting all these years in, or for the last conference or last event, or if you do a series of webinars, pull those numbers up and see what people are actually liking. And does that match up with what the board says or the volunteers are saying? And I think then you can either support what they're saying or be able to offer different uh, a different direction for your content because content is key to for pe- for people to come. They come for two reasons, right? For conferences, they come to meet other people and to network, and for the content. And if you don't have good content, you're jeopardizing the success and the revenue of your organization. Um, but that content for an event will also tell you content for the rest of your organization. So whether you do publications, do newsletters or networking groups, community forums, it's gonna give you some great insights. So don't look at that, um, the capacity numbers in rooms, the dwell times just as, oh, this is just how many people showed up. Take a look at how many people showed up for what categories and how does that affect your content for the future?
Uh, the third piece of uh, event data that I like is what I call buyer intent. Now, this is a word that's not thrown a lot in the association world. Um, it's very much a Google uh, corporate concept, but we've all experienced it. When you go into Google, you type in a keyword. Let's say it's blue jeans and you get all sorts of blue jeans. But at the very top of that, you've got some sponsored search results. And that's because those advertisers bought into keywords that tie into a buyer intent. And the buyer intent's blue jeans. So it's whatever you search for. Now, Google does this through their complicated algorithms and they're kind of guessing based on what you're searching, what you're looking for online, your behavior online. But guess what? As an association, you've got the most valuable pieces of data that your financial supporters, your exhibitors, and your sponsors want. Now, I'm not saying give away the farm, <laughs> but <laughs> what I am saying is that you're able to categorize and check behavior data of your members, your non-members, your attendees, and your registrants. Now, um, some event platforms, Eva does this, where we're, we're tracking not only what people are adding to their calendar, but we're also uh, in what they're viewing, but their behavior overall. So we can tell that uh, John Doe is interested in black blue jeans instead of uh, regular blue jeans. And so we can go back to our VIP exhibitor and say, hey, you know what? We have 100 people interested in black blue jeans. And that's what you're interested. That's the market that you're interested. So guess what? That's more relevant than what I told you in the prospectus. Now, how many of us have done? I'm guilty of this as well. In our prospectus, we put 10,000 people are coming to our conference and, you know, they've got this title and that. It's great to promote how successful your conference is, but exhibitors want more now. In an economy where exhibitors have less money to spend, they're being a little pickier about where they're going. And they want to know where they're going to go is where their customers are. So if you're able to prove as an association, say, not only do I have 10,000 people coming, but this segment, let's say it's 3,500, 3,500 people, they are looking for what you have to offer. To me as an exhibitor, that is so valuable. I can be like, oh, They've got more people than I'm interested in being front of than anybody else. So that data is back there. So even if you don't have an event platform that collects that behavior data, you are able to tell based on the content, based on what kind of activities that they're doing, how you can categorize your people, your members, your non-members. And that will be, that's such valuable data to your, to your, uh, to your exhibitors. Um, they will be they're going to realize that you really care about what their objectives are um, and how you're delivering ROI. And I guarantee that they will be coming back for more. Um, another piece is the non-member interest. Um, for associations, that's the big thing, right? You, one of your biggest missions is to get new members. And how do you do that? You know, that's always probably everyone's one of their top five goals for the organization, right? Well, now you can tell that with the event data. You've got new member, new non-members coming to events. Take a look at what are they interested in? Uh, what are, what's attracting them? What are they engaged with? Because maybe that's the content that you throw at them to get them engaged, to get, the, pull them into your joining process uh, in your recruiting process. But that's, um, 
that, you know, so you, again, you have this data, which is a great piece, but it's just segmenting it out. And then I think we have a question, another question here, right, Kevin? Yeah, yeah, just one just popped up. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, what we should capture and things. The question is, what are the recommendations on the information you should be capturing regarding your exhibitors and their booth personnel? So I'm thinking this is a little bit of a different question. I've been focusing mostly on the attendees, but what about the exhibitors? Uh, and that's a great question. You know, I think it's about what are they interested in? Um, you know, for some exhibitors, they are sending staff to do um, job recruitment. That's a big thing now, <laughs> trying to uh, get qualified candidates into their organization. Are they looking for business leads? Is it all about revenue? Um, is, um, or are they there for content? Um, are they there to digest content? Are they willing, are they looking to put themselves out there as thought leadership? I think that piece of information, if you can collect that from them, understanding that, that puts you in a better position to plan, um, to help, not to cater to them, but definitely be able to build a program where they're seeing value. I hope that answers that question, but that's a good question because we yep, don't want to forget one. about them because that is valuable information that you'll <laughs> want to know. Um, and then the last um, last piece of data that I, I really like is the net promoter score, the NPS score. Now, if you haven't done this before, it's basically asking, um, asking your attendees, what is the likelihood that they will recommend this conference or association to other people? Now, those that are very happy with your membership, with your association, with your programming, your conference, they're most likely to be your best advocates. Mm -hmm. They are going to be your brand ambassadors. Word of mouth is everything. It's the best marketing uh, tool that's out there. So if you can garner how happy people are and who they are, you can really take that information and you'll know, you'll know if you're on the right track and also be able to recruit those people to really promote them to be those brand ambassadors and get the word out because they'll be bringing others to the table. That's great. You know, certainly you're in the uh, event tech uh, space. Um, do you recommend now that associations kind of reconsider their entire event tech stack or what should they be thinking about with regards to that? It can be overwhelming to think about yeah. changing all of it. So I don't recommend like, you know, just wiping it all away and starting over. I definitely don't do that. But I definitely think it's worth taking a look at your technology and seeing and what you are expecting out of it. Fine. If you're looking for a reg platform that just can spit out name badges and that's all you need it to do then fine, don't look for a system that can do more than that. But definitely evaluate, take each tech, um, figure out what your goals are for that tech and see if it's meeting that. If it's not meeting it, then you should start thinking about what you do want and going out to market to find a partner that can look um, that can meet that. And I do like using the word partner because it, in this realm, um, it really is a partnership. Integrations is not something that you can do plug and play. I've had lots of customers come to me and say, Vanu, I want to do eight integrations with your event tech hub. And I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And asking like you do, Kevin, like, why? Why are you doing this integration? Does it make sense to do it through an API or through spreadsheets? But really walking them through it. But the same thing goes for the event tech. Really think about 
Um, is it a right fit? Are you getting what you need out of it? And if you want to do more with data, then ask the question to um, your tech partner and ask them, how does my data come by? Again, most platforms, most databases will give you like flat pieces of paper, right? This flat data, they give you how many people attended, um, just things that, that that's helpful and what you need to know. But if you want deeper insights, then you have to make that data, data talk to each other. And you need to find a partner that understands that and can deliver that to you. Um, I will tell you that I know as a meeting planner, when I first started out, data was not my strong point. <laughs> I learned, I am an accidental data geek. I learned through um, being challenged of saying, we need to make this program better. What do we do? And I'm, well, let's look at the data. And no, seeing how data was everywhere and having to do hundreds of exports and pivot tables and be lookups. Um, I am an Excel queen. If you ever need any help with that, I will help you. <laughs> but um, with, through that, I realized as a meeting planner, I didn't have time for that, nor was it completely. I had to train myself to, um, to, to think that way as well. But now there are tools out there, a lot of data analytics tools that will just make it easy for you. So my advice, stop struggling and find the tools that work for you instead of you working for it. Great. You know, you mentioned, you know, consider your event tech suppliers partners, and I, I totally agree with that. So what other questions do you recommend that associations ask their, their current partners or future partners so they know that there is going to be a, a, a great partnership there in using their solutions? Typically, you know, I get the questions of security and, and GDPR, and those are very good questions, but usually that's where the questions stop. Um, and we're at that. And I'm like, oh, there's so much more here. And it's about looking again, it's about the data. How do you accept data in? What are you doing with that data? And how, what's the end result? Um, again, it's about whether you want flat data, you know, the number of people who attended, or do you want to know more about their behavior that will help you like predictive analytics that will get you to the next step. And I think those are the kind of questions you want of your event platform is ask, how deep do you get into the analytics piece of it? Most platforms don't do that. And that's fine because that they're there to provide you with a functional tool and just, just an output of data. But if you're looking for more and want your life to be a lot easier and be able to set your team and your association up for success, Ask for an um, event platform that can do more for you. If people want to know more about um, EVA and yourself, what, what, what can they do? What, what, what can they do to maybe continue the discussion um, with you and your team? Two things. So um, I've written a blog article to go along with this, um, this conversation today. Uh, so you can scan this QR code. It'll take you right to the link. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, we'll make sure that you get that Um I'll put it in the chat. Um, love connecting with you on LinkedIn, love sharing stories. And I love hearing your stories. If you have a story about either how you've had a fail or even a success story, would love to have that, uh, share that information, love to have a conversation about it. Or if you're just struggling with event data, especially if you're a meeting planner out there, I get you. Let's talk. Great. Well, Vinod, hey, thank you very much. Yeah. But again, uh, I think we're all walking away with some, some great information here, especially your, your five key event data points here. 
uh, that you talked to us about the registration by event type, the trending content, the buyer intent, um, the non-member interests, and of course, the net promoter score, you know, how uh, people want to recommend you or your organization or the event to others. And again, Vinu, thank you so much for your time and awesome content. And everyone have a great rest of your day. Thanks, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. Dot.org Source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com or visit www.orgsource.com to find out how to keep your organization on track to Association 4.0.